Hey folks, the news keeps on coming, particularly out of Washington. On Monday, in a highly anticipated decision, Chief Justice John Roberts joined the Supreme Court's liberal wing to strike down a restrictive Louisiana abortion law. And the Michael Flynn saga continues to get even more unusual. Last week, a three-judge panel of the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals voted to grant Flynn's petition to compel the district court judge to dismiss the case. Meanwhile, multiple current and former DOJ officials testified before the House Judiciary Committee last Wednesday, raising more red flags about Bill Barr's politicization of the Justice Department. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. College students with a valid .edu email qualify for a special discount. Head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a special rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. We had extraordinary testimony in the House Judiciary Committee last week by a couple of people who work in the who work in the Department of Justice, one of whom I think most extraordinarily, an overused word during this episode, but I think appropriately so, Aaron Zelinsky, who is a sitting assistant U.S. attorney in Maryland, in the District of Maryland, who was on the special counsel's team, the Mueller team, uh, and then continued as uh, a designated assistant U.S. attorney, a special assistant U.S. attorney in the District of Columbia to see through the end of the Roger Stone case. He is one of four people who withdrew from the case after Bill Barr sort of imposed his view that the sentencing recommendation made by the U.S. Attorney's Office in D.C. was too harsh. And you and I have talked about this at length. You can have an argument about whether or not the recommendation was too harsh or not. Uh, I tended to think that it was a little longer than maybe made sense under the circumstances. That's a different question from whether or not the Attorney General of the United States imposes his own view in the circumstance that looks like favorable treatment to someone for what reason? Only because he's an associate of the President of the United States. And AUSA Zelensky testified before Congress that he heard from multiple people that the reason this was happening was that there was favorable treatment because of Roger Stone's connection to the president. And so you can like what he said or not like what he said, but I think it's a pretty brave thing for someone who's within the department and knows he's going to make angry the person at the head of the department to speak what he believed to be the, the truth. And, you know, we'll talk about, you know, more about what he said. But until we know what other kinds of cases Bill Barr has interjected himself into or interceded in, the public record is what? That he has gotten involved on Roger Stone, associate of the president. He's gotten involved with Michael Flynn, former staffer to and associate of the president. We now have a New York Times article that said, although it was too late to really undo, he made some efforts to reign in the Southern District of New York with respect to who? Michael Cohen, associate of the president of the United States. Now, maybe he's going uh, around the country and there are you know, garden variety drug cases that he's also interceding in. But my hunch is that's not true. And it's, it's just odd to me why in the current climate you would go out of your way, put your own reputation for independence, such as it was, on the line to keep interceding in a very dramatic and extraordinary way on behalf of people who are close to the president. And maybe it goes to what and you were saying a minute ago. It, it's also not done. Yeah. Remember John Durham's investigation into oh, yeah. the sort of yeah, so, 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 so maybe the, yeah. 
maybe the theme is not not so much. Well, maybe the the unifying principle is he just wants to undercut everything that went on with respect to the Russia investigation and all of its tentacles and all of its you know tributaries, and that's what he's doing. But it really smacks of something you know ugly and unfortunate in the Justice Department if you care about the appearance, at least, of equal application of the law, right? Yeah. I mean, I, look, Zelensky was asked whether he agreed with his statement made by, made by one of the other prosecutors, Jonathan Kravis, who was one of the Stone prosecutors who basically wrote in an op-ed. Mr. Zelensky, your colleague Jonathan Kravis, who was also assigned to, Roger, to the Roger Stone case, resigned from the department after 10 years because he said, quote, he believed the department had abandoned its responsibility to do justice in the Roger Stone case. Mr. Zelensky, do you agree with that assessment? I do. Zelensky basically says he agrees with it. He says that, the, you know, his supervisor, who he identifies as J.P. Cooney, had said that the U.S. attorney had political reasons for his instructions um, and that the supervisor agreed it was unethical and wrong. And so really he's he's road mapping that the decisions that were being made. And look, you and I have both said this. You could agree or disagree on the level of sentences, on the number, like people debate how many years someone should be sentenced to all the time. And that's a legitimate debate. What's not legitimate is if it's done because of politics. And what Zelensky is saying here is that this was politics. And he was told by his supervisor that it was politics. And so it's exactly what I think we've all feared, but it feels, and we, you and I have been sort of saying, okay, well, here are the pieces of evidence that lead us to believe that this is what happened. You know, Jesse Liu, the DC U.S. attorney was pushed out. Tim Shea, Barr's, um, one of Barr's right hands in the Department of Justice, who worked in the front office with Barr's put in um, to oversee the case. So there was a lot of what I would almost call circumstantial evidence that this is what was happening. But then I think it's different to have someone like Aaron Zelinsky walk in and say, this is what happened. Even as it was happening, I was being told we were doing it for political reasons. It just, it's just, it's sort of all these things we knew, but to have the person inside say it, it changes it. And I think it's it's really important that it's going to get lost a little bit. And, you know, we're in the middle of a, you know, a national global pandemic. Like we're in the middle of all these other things happening, but it's really important that like, he's really calling a flag on the play. Like, and he was saying at the time, this was political. Um, so I think that's really important. You've got also at that hearing, Don Ayer, who is the deputy attorney general under George Herbert Walker Bush and a lifelong conservative, as far as I know, who said the following. I am here because I believe that William Barr poses the greatest threat in my lifetime to our rule of law and to public trust in it. That's not a small thing for a person like that to be saying. And that's the impression that Bill Barr is giving a lot of people. One question, Preet, is, so I think, you know, I think you're right to point out Donald Ayer. I mean, we, Zelensky, do you think that it's going to make a difference? Like, so I sort of think we're like, we're moving towards this point in time where Bill Barr is about to go to the microphone with John Durham, the Connecticut U.S. attorney, and say the initiation, the beginning of the Mueller investigation, even though it's been signed off on by the inspector general of the Department of Justice, even though, you know, we've seen the full Mueller report come out. But Barr is going to question that, right? It's going to be, and and they've even talked about prosecuting people related to the beginning of the investigation of the president and the Trump campaign. So does this matter? Like, does the fact that there's been this congressional hearing, is that going to change? Like, will Barr not go to the mic? Or is this just, you know? No, I don't think Bill Barr cares what anyone thinks. I think he's, um, you know, there are a lot of words that have been used to describe him. And I was wrong about him when he was first nominated. 
but, but a word that has been used and should be used more often is arrogance. I mean, the arrogance of how he goes about doing his job, the arrogance of how he thought he was going to oust with a lie, the Southern, the Southern District of New York U.S. Attorney Jeff Berman, the arrogance with which he said at his confirmation hearing, no, I'm not going to accept what the ethics officials say about recusal. I'm going to make that decision. I mean, everything through and through that he does is not only, uh, in some cases, weird uh, and, and or unethical and or misleading, but it's, it's suffused with an extreme and I think in that position, unprecedented arrogance. I know best. I know what I'm doing. I can second guess you. And I actually don't care if it looks like I'm doing the bidding of the president. I don't care if it looks like I'm not independent because I know best. And that's a, I, that's a, one of the most terrible qualities in a leader. There's no modesty. There's no humility whatsoever in how he undertakes his job. Yeah, to that point, in an NPR interview recently, he said, you know, he was being questioned by Steve Inskeep about like, you know, look, are you're, is it appropriate to intervene at the highest levels in these cases, right? Like what you're doing. And Barr responds basically saying, all the cases in the Department of Justice are subject to the supervision of the attorney general. In fact, all the powers carried out by the department are vested in the attorney general. And it's appropriate for the attorney general to exercise super, supervisory authority. Basically, he's saying like, you know, in his world, the president is supreme, but in like is number one, but the AG has full authority over any case. And he goes on to sort of cloak what he's doing in like, it, and this was just like incredible to me, but he basically says it's very important that the attorney general make sure that there's no political influence at stake involved in any cases when that is exactly in my view what he's doing is he is exerting political influence on these cases. And he's arguing, oh, my job is I have authority over everything. And what I'm trying to do is make sure that there's no politics in it when he's actually doing the exact opposite. He's putting politics into all of this. If he just let the cases go on without inter, you know, without interceding in them, that's the surest way. You have line attorneys, line prosecutors, line agents, people who do this all the time. They follow rules and guidelines. They decide when cases should be brought based on fact and evidence without political intervention. That's how you know that there isn't political interference. When you have the attorney general trying to question and undo the Cohen case, changing the sentence um, recommendation for Stone, dismissing the case in Flynn, now you know also having John Durham do this investigation to the initiation, despite other um, reports coming out, like it all feels so political, and yet- Yeah, look, people should understand that some of what Bill Barr says is is correct. It's a correct statement of the hierarchy to some extent, right? In the same way that I had, you know, final authority on any case brought by the Southern District of New York, you know, he has that authority as the, as the attorney general. That doesn't mean, though, that I shouldn't have been criticized if I decided, given that I have that authority, that in a selective way, I'm going to reach down into, into cases at a lower level in my office that generally are not directly supervised by the U.S. attorney and only picked out the ones that had some political implication or might affect a friend of mine or some other person I'm associated with or a relative of mine and said, hey, what's going on here? Are you sure you want to bring that case and putting the kibosh on one of those cases just because I have the overall authority? Sure. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it ethical. It doesn't make it good. And in my experience as U.S. attorney, look, I got into altercations verbal with with the attorney general on, on a number of occasions. I won't go into those here. And there are times where, you know, we disagreed or it was a, a sensitive case 
to national security or related to foreign policy. That was true with the Russian spies case, whose 10th anniversary, by the way, just came last week. It was true with respect to the Indian diplomat that we charged. It was true with respect to some of the you know international bank cases that we charged. There's a back and forth, and there can be differences of opinion. And the attorney general might have a view and wanted to know what we were doing, what was going on. I will say, though, that with respect to political corruption cases we brought, high-profile Democrats in the state, also Republicans, I never got a call from either of the attorneys general who served when I, were, when I, was, when I was the United States attorney. And that's how it should be. Because, if you, because, because it looks like, even if it's in good faith, it looks like political meddling. Hey, what are you doing with respect to Sheldon Silver? Because maybe Sheldon Silver has some connection to the White House uh, or some other prominent Democrat we were investigating. I can never understand why someone in a position like the attorney general position wants to risk looking political by interfering or meddling in a local political case or some other kind of political case. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you said it perfectly. I mean, the attorney general has the power to intervene, um, but that power should be used fairly and justly for the better good of the public and the people and not for political goals. And it is it is astonishing, I think, to both you and I to think about anyone using their power in this way. Um, it, you know, if anything, you or I would think that the prosecutions, if we were sitting in Bill Barr's chair, we would think that, you know, you should have less involvement with prosecutions of the president's associates, right? It would be like, the sign would be like, let those let those cases be handled by the career people, let them be overseen by the people who oversee them, like, let me not touch them to make sure that there is no influence that's unduly used. And again, I think we've had I think we've had this conversation a lot of times, even with like, you know, the firing of Comey, like Trump's number one argument was, I have the power to do it. The the president can fire the FBI director. Yes, that's true, but you can't do it for the wrong reasons. You can't do it to cover up an investigation. You know, Bill Barr can call any U.S. attorney and ask them about a case. That's true, but you can't do it for the wrong reasons. You can't do it to cover up an investigation or to like kill a case. You know, I, I use the extreme example in response to folks who say, well, the, the beginning and the end of the argument is the president has the authority to do something. And I say, you know, the president also has the authority to nuke Canada. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's proper. Exactly. You know, the people, yeah. people who just make that argument are not thinking very deeply. And I don't yes. argue with them for very long. Yes. But I think it's important just to sort of acknowledge that, like, you know, what's happening and where we are is it is I don't want to use the word extraordinary again. <laughs> you can. But I sort of feel like, you know, what what we've seen from Bill Barr, and I worry a lot about this, Preet, you and I have talked about this a little bit, but whoever becomes the next AG is going to have an unbelievably Herculean task of trying to repair the department. I mean, you probably get the same calls I do. I have people I have known who've been there for their whole career who are among the best lawyers I've ever known, and they don't want to be there. Like, they don't feel good about their work, and that is... You know, it's devastating for, you know, for even the people who are carrying out the law. I hope you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid .edu email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, Thank you for supporting our work.